Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, everybody. We, we've just been chopping it up during the commercial break. And we just got to just, like, continue to continue the conversation on air because what we're trying to make heads or tails of is this Kyler Murray situation, right? What's chopping it up? <laughs> I'm just saying. You said chop it up. I want to know what, you know, chop it up is. Kicking but it. You, the, kicking the three it. of us just were dissecting yes. the different Rapping. details and, and analyzing them and exchanging ideas Spitting about them. I would say that's All chopping right. it up. All right, now. It's, so here's here's what's it's it's interesting because Kyler Murray's agent released a statement, but it seems like he wants to remain Arizona's quarterback as long as the team is going to give him a long term contract extension. Right now, I'm going to read a part of what his agent just released. I thought his agent made some persuasive arguments in this statement, but more importantly, why release this statement? Why now? What does it say about Kyler Murray? What does it say about the organization? So here is the statement. Part of it. Actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. It is now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old, already two-time Pro Bowl quarterback, who led the organization from three wins to 11 wins, and their first playoff appearance in five years, or rather, if they choose to financially prioritize committing to other areas and continuing to merely talk about addressing Kyler's long-term future as their quarterback. Unfortunately, every player, coach, and executive in the NFL knows, or should know, that words and hypothetical contractual promises are regularly dismissed and fleeting in this business. Key, let's start with why his agent would put this out there publicly now. And to be honest with you, Max, I have no idea why he would do that publicly. It, it's mind-boggling to me because I wouldn't want my agent discussing my contract talks in the public eye at all to try to be, you know, dismissive, despairing, whatever you want to call it, to describe his relationship with the organization as it pertains to Kyler Murray's contract. The team doesn't care that he's a two-time Pro Bowler. whoop de doo that the two-time Pro Bowler means nothing. That means nothing. If you come to me as an NFL executive and you try and tell me that Max Kellerman is a Emmy Award-winning television, oh, that, okay, good for him. I can put anybody in that seat and we'll win an Emmy. That's the way the Cardinals are thinking. I can put anybody underneath the quarterback and they can go to the Pro Bowl. The best thing for him to do is negotiate behind closed doors, keep it all to himself. You will know if the team feels good about your client is the, is the, this agent an experienced yeah, football agent? Okay, yeah. so the, that's experienced enough. So Wait, that, by, by the way, Max, he did say something at the end huh. that I think really sticks out. He said that um, every player, coach, and executive in NFL knows or should know that words and hypothetical contractual promises are regularly dismissed and fleeting in the business. Mm-hmm. That means that they're giving him a, a lot of. Take me for doke. my word. Yeah. 
Yeah, not just saying, hold on, we, we, we're we getting to the offseason. We have some other things that we need to address before we can get to Kyler. That, but Key, that, I, I, I that happens. I, I understand, but I get a little bit lost because I, I'm sitting there saying, okay, this was a three-win team before Kyler got there. Now you fast forward a couple years, they're 11-win team, their first playoff performance in five years, like a two-time pro bowler. Uh, all like, I understand that I he is all on that. the smaller side. I get all that. And he that. suffers some injuries. Uh, but also, he lost his best wide receiving target, DeAndre Hopkins. I, 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 I'm kind of confused. Are well taken, Mr. Williams. All those points are well taken. But let's play on the other side. He never finished 16, 17 games for us. He's constantly hurt every single year. We're trying to make some decisions to build a team around him. We're trying to make some decisions on whether or not we want to keep Cliff Kingsbury long term who's tied to Kyler Murray, who still has basically, as as they like to say, a lame duck coach because he only has one year left on his contract. All of those things are swirling. It's best for his agent to negotiate behind closed doors. Oh, I agree with that. Because negotiating publicly, Max, doesn't help your case. I take that as gospel, okay? Like, let's just assume, take that as the premise, okay? Then, it, then it, to me, the question must be raised. If this is an experienced agent and everything you're saying is true, Experienced why? enough. Why is he doing this now? Mm-hmm. Because his client could potentially be telling him, "You need to tell. You need to. You need to clean this up because they think I'm a bad guy. I'm missing. It's really the team." His client could be telling him this. Well, here's and some, he's going to do what the client says. Here's some info for, from from the statement from uh, it's Eric uh, Burkhart. This is um, Kyler Murray's agent. Here's some stuff that I found his arguments persuasive. Sometimes I find, like, Scott Boris will put out something about a baseball player, and he'll put out some stuff, and I'll be like, yeah, but that's not persuasive to me. That doesn't convince me. But this sounds pretty good the way he phrased this, okay? Um, He walked into a three-win team, last-ranked offense, toughest division in football, only franchise in the NFL to have improved by three or more wins in each of the last three seasons, tasked with stepping into that situation, named the starter on day one of his arrival, it, it, all those things are true. It, they, they are true, Max. But when he walked into it, it wasn't the toughest team conference uh, division in football when he walked into it. It was not. Mo- mainly because they weren't good. No. no only Seattle team, was o- good. The only team that was good at that particular time was Seattle and the Rams. Well, the no, San Francisco were good. Nah. They had Jimmy G. I don't yeah. think they were good when they first got there. But, right? what, but if Jimmy G was hurt, then they weren't. But okay. if he was healthy, then they were. The point was the, re- the one reason you might say that's not the toughest division in football, the soft spot was Arizona. But since he's been there. Well, uh, yeah, but then Seattle tanked. So yeah, now, it's, it's, now yeah, Seattle's now, not. Seattle. So you yes. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like when you make up, when you bring, I'm just playing, I'm Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm the Cardinals. I'm just playing devil's advocate. When you bring that sort of stuff to me, oh, they're three-win team. He started day one. He's the number one overall pick. He's going to start day one. That's just the reality of it. You're going to start day one. So you don't need to bring that to the public because the public can't negotiate for so you. Again, Jay, the question is why. Let me give you a theory, okay? okay. I mean, this is like so obvious. Maybe I don't need to say it, but I can say it anyway. <laughs> Kyler Murray, given his size, given his style of play, and given the last two seasons with injuries – he, his representative, both may be thinking, yo, before we get back out there, we need to get paid, hey, right? Yes. And the team, seeing the same thing, goes, wait a minute. Before we pay you, we need to see that you are long-term. The same, And there's a certain level of desperation on Kyler's side to get the bag now. 
Jay. Well, go ahead. Wait, wait, no, wait. I was going to say, I got a way to – he asked – he was going to bring it to you, but I was going to say, I got a way to get their attention. Go to Oakland. No, I don't need to go to Oakland. No, for baseball. I don't need to. Okay, why? Because I'm in Arizona, and I'm just in a batting cage, and we're filming it, and I'm fielding balls, and I'm just – you know, throwing it. I'm just oh, yeah. yeah. I'm out there with get Jay. A little and video I'm, out there. Yeah, oh, get yeah. a little video out there and swinging Boop. for the fences. And well, we're gonna do an article of how much I miss baseball. As spring training comes. If you want to do that, that's different than mm. this. That's different than see, this. I bet you it's but all see, hands on deck. They'll but let me, but let me, yeah, both strategies. Back to Keith's point, where he's like, "Yeah, maybe Kyler wants your agent." I've also been around agents who are very experienced that regardless of whatever a client wants, the agent doesn't agree. He's like, ah, I, that's probably not in our best interest. So there has to be something there on the agent side, too, that was like, yeah, Agreed. this is worth going public for. Yeah, it, because it's worth going public for it. Because if, you, if I don't do what you say and you're about to get $350 million potentially, mm-hmm. and what's that fee? I don't know, maximum fees. And I, don't, and I forfeit that because you just terminated me. Because I'm not listening to you, and all of a sudden I went hand hire you went hired clutch or athletes first or something like that. You got to think about that. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Because the agent get pushed up against that wall when they don't want to do what the client that's getting ready to get a bag says. But it, it does feel like, at the very least, what we're talking about are extraordinary circumstances. Like these dynamics play mm-hmm. themselves out, but we don't often see this. Yeah. And by the way, there's two paragraphs. It's, it's like these are. This is like over two thousand words. Yeah. I mean, this is like a. This is a book. <laughs> this is a book. I mean, he's. I was like, it's, yeah. He's actually painting with colors and being descriptive and. You talk about getting in front of the narrative. I mean, this is beyond. But that, so Max. what does that? So what does that tell you, Jay? That they're they running into the organization. They're running into a brick yeah, wall with the organization, and now they're trying to apply pu- public pressure, or they think that public pressure is a is a is a pressure point for this Too franchise. Late because a couple of weeks ago, Kyler Murray did what he did by scrubbing everything. The public turned against him. Now you're trying to get the public back on your side. It's too late now. Maybe that, maybe, wait, maybe that's, it's as simple as that. The social media thing backfired and now he's got to do damage control. It's too late. Well, here's my thing. If you're doing damage control, this needs to come from you. This doesn't need to come from your. It's on his social media deal, right? Isn't this, they got it off his social media? Yeah, but this is from your agent. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. We go from a wild statement. Is it a wild statement? Wild. wild situation to a wild Saturday and the madness before March. And the Gales will just have to inbound, Dave, and this will be their second ever win over the number one team in the country. Scott Drew applauds the crowd here at the Farrell Center. An all-time record crowd sees the Bears knock off fifth-ranked Kansas. It's over in Boulder. Down goes number two, Colorado, with the win of the year as they take care of Arizona, 79-63. to Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, and we are joined now by legendary college basketball analyst Bill Raftery. Bill, thanks for coming on with us this morning. What's up, Raft? Good morning, gentlemen. You're finally going to talk about a real sport, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's let's jump right in. Keyshawn, are you teaching them anything about football up there? I'm trying, Coach. I just I I, I kind of listen to Jay Will when it comes to basketball and, and, you know, everything that goes on in college basketball because he's my college basketball insider. But then insider. on the same time, I kind of listen to myself because I don't think he knows what he's talking about half the time. 
So, hey, there, were, there, were, there were many a night down in Durham that Mike wished he played football, you know. <laughs> hey, Rob, I got, I got him a banner, damn it. I got him one. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Well, as also. you know, guys, he was something else. Let, let's Let jump into what you. just happened. Seven of the top ten teams losing on Saturday. Never happened before, Bill. What happened? Well, it tells you about the state of college basketball, basically. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Uh, Nobody is, you know, spot on every single evening. Uh, There's a lot of really good teams. I don't don't think we have a great team. Uh, We started the year, uh, you know, saying, you know, Gonzaga, and then we switched to Baylor, then we switched to Purdue, and so on through the course of the year. So, you know, finishing most recently with Auburn, who's been struggling lately, and Arizona gets popped. So uh, I, I just think it's a state of affairs. I actually think that a lot of these kids have hit the wall. And I, I don't know if Jay would agree with me. They they now play all summer. They play in the fall. And then we go to a shoot-around, and they're going an hour, hour and a half. Some coaches go two. And then we get to the building two and change, and these kids are out there again. And I just wonder at some point, something's got to give. And I think that may be the problem with many of the injuries at this point in the year. So I think the best thing that can happen, and Jay, when you won it, did you win the ACC tournament? We did, Raft. We did. Okay, because a lot of times, as you know, guys will lose the first or second round. They go back home, get four days, five days between the NCAA, and all of a sudden, you know, get that energy and drive back. So I don't have an answer other than what I just gave you. I just think it's a, it's a long year. Uh, everybody's got an X on their back. You know, we had Villanova last week up there with UConn. UConn's been shooting for them uh, since Danny Hurley got his club back in the Big East. So uh, I, I just think it's preparation. Uh, it, it, it's getting guys at the right time, maybe down a guy or that just back from COVID or things of that nature. Yeah, Raph, I, I tendency to agree with you on this one because, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I stayed every summer and worked out, but that wasn't a thing that a lot of people did. Even playing USA basketball was something that was seen as like, oh, you're going to go and train for two and a half, three weeks, where now you train every single day. You almost treat it as if you're a pro bef- before becoming a pro. Speaking about how a, a guy who last year you felt like it was on the verge until they made a run in the Big East tournament, uh, when you think about what's happening at Georgetown, 0-17 in Big East play. And Patrick it, it, Ewing, it's, it's, it's crazy, right, Raft? It, it, a living legend it, it, for that brand. What do you think happens You, you know, uh, when, when you have that kind of a record, obviously, uh, I, I can remember struggling in my early days, and they had a sign at Seton Hall, head coach's parking spot, you know. So we lost a couple in a row, and I said to Hadi Bahan, who had been with me for 10 years, I said, Hadi, why don't you park there tomorrow? I'm afraid of my car. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, Patrick going to practices, works hard. He's done a nice recruiting job. He gets kids leaving on him. Akinjo comes to mind, McClug as well, Wasad's another. And they're just not the same team. It's not from lack of work or effort. It's just... I think it steamrolls on him. Uh, you know, I, I think he signed a new contract after last year's Big East tournament. So, in that case, he's in good shape. But uh, they, they are just not the team that he expected, no question about it. They're loose with the ball, Jay. That's the one comment I would make. And sometimes shot selection hurts them. Uh, 
but he's been trying to get them to go play like they did, but they don't have the same names back there that, that as Patrick Ewing or Morning or Mutombo. Mm-hmm. Bill Rafferty, college basketball analyst at Fox and CBS, former Seton Hall head coach, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, why can you explain to me, because I can't ever figure it out, why do great players, great players in either college sports or pro sports, can't seem to be good or great head coaches? Interesting. Well, uh, I was not a good player, and I wasn't a good coach, so that sort of destroys that theory. You got drafted, uh, and you got drafted to the you know, NBA, so you got to play. Well, you, you know, I, I don't have the answer for you. I, I do think that, and, and Jay could speak better to this. The coming from the pros is far different. Clyde comes to mind to me. Uh, it, it's a twenty-four hour job. And and I, I don't know if a lot of guys come to the pros anticipating uh, having young men sit at your couch and trying to get, get their spirits up or, you know, deal with your difficulties or, uh, you know, things that have bothered them or their academic end of things. I, I really don't have an answer. I, I, I just think sometimes it's better to come in as an assistant, uh, you know, a big-name guy, and usually it's a big-name NBA guy, and learn and ply your trade. And I go back to, you know, not that Willis Reed was a great coach. He was just a great guy. He spent two years with Louis Conasecna uh, before he came over to the Nets as an assistant, and then he ended up being the GM. But I don't think there's any clear-cut answer other than you come up from the ranks where you're, you're subservient. You've got to come up with answers for every team meeting or coaches meeting. Uh, you've got to be on top of the recruiting end of it. Now the portal, and now you've got to be on top of the NIL. Uh, I mean, it's a monster uh, when you come up with a situation where you, you know, you walk into uh, two hours before your morning practice in the NBA and, you know, assistant hands you the breakdown of the tape. You go over what you're going to do with practice, and then you're gone at 11, 30, 12 o'clock until the next one. So I, I just think it's not realizing how, in-depth you have to be as a head coach, that could be one of the answers. Ralph, let's talk about a guy who's been around the block a couple of times, uh, maybe the greatest coach to ever coach the game, him and John Wooden in that conversation. Uh, coach K's last game is coming up this Saturday against North Carolina. Uh, a ton of us former players will be there. I haven't even begun to think about um, what that moment's going to be like for me as a player, but you've known Coach K for a very long time. What do you think that moment's going to be like for him as a coach and a person? I'm utterly amazed that he's this successful having coached against him at Army. I mean, uh, obviously, Busby, uh, we competed against one another. Uh, then they had the ECAC tournament and the, the right to go to the NCAA for this particular area of the country. Uh, he was good then. And, you know, he took all the good things from Bob Knight and stripped some of the things that he didn't care for. Uh, he's he just, first of all, he's extremely intelligent. I think you'd agree with that, Jay. Yes. Uh, I think he analyzes uh, not, not, not only the game itself, but the people who play it, the teams he plays against. Uh, he's one of those guys, Jay, I think you as a player appreciate more after you're gone, realizing 
the effort he's put in to be, be you being successful, the team being successful, or Duke being successful. There's just a lot of depth to him that, uh, you know, puts him apart, I think. I think all the great coaches are extremely smart. I'm talking academically. Uh, sometimes street you can throw in there as well. And, and I think there's a quality about this guy in the depth that uh, has led to his success. I mean, he's uh, been able to adjust. Uh, you know as well as me. I've been lucky to go to the Olympic trials out in Vegas each time he coached. And, and just to see how he changed from demanding from you as a player at Duke uh, to putting his arms around these players, searching for their needs, knowing what triggers them, uh, getting Kobe to buy in and say, look, I'm going to guard the best guy on every team for you, coach. I don't have to score. Uh, that doesn't happen unless you, you come from a position of strength, intelligence, uh, the ability to put a team concept together and eliminate selfish traits. And he possesses all those things. Bill Raftery, ladies and gentlemen, legendary broadcaster, drafted by the New York Knicks. My man. Poor guy. Head coach. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bill. Listen, you buy them, you can get me a seat. I can't afford them. (laughs) (laughs) You sure you want one? (laughs) All right, right, Raft. Thank you. Hey, guys. Great to see you. You too. Hey, take care of yourself. Look forward to seeing you. You got it, brother. You too. Bye-bye, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Jay's not the only Duke legend with us today. That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Willemax on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. He was a two-time player of the year. Got it. Big-time player, my friends. America's premier talent. And won a national championship at Duke. Jason Williams, Janet Jason, is the best in the land. So you know he's got some stories about Coach K. It's time for J. Will's Coach K Memory of the Day. All right, Jay, you heard the man. Give us your Coach K Memory of the Day as we count down the days to perhaps the greatest college basketball coach ever. A different era than John Wooden, obviously. Final game at Cameron on Saturday. So I got this one, and it's for our next guest because it was um, – I've never seen anything like it before. So let's just say freshman year, you know, you get acclimated, right? And um, 
you know, a lot of training meals, you're eating well. And both Booze and I were roommates, you know what I mean? So we put on the, the freshman 15. I mean, we were taking food back to the crib, all that stuff. And the, the conditioning program was a little bit different. So I, I forget which game it was, but Booze didn't play good one game. And Coach K, in his typical fashion and form, decided to do some inspirational talk. And I'll never forget this, and Booze can help me uh, reaccount the story. Because it, the thing was, that he wanted Booze to do more things with a sense of urgency, right? Like set screens, play with, play with purpose, right? Play with passion all the time. Because Booze was stupid talented coming out of high school. Crazy athletic, should have went straight to the league. And I remember he walked in. Booze used to wear these big velour Adidas outfits, right? And he used Track to wear, suits. yeah, the, the wave cap. Even though Booze and I had never had any waves, we wore wave caps anyway. And... Uh, <laughs> one day coach walked in booze. You know what I'm talking about. Remember when coach walked in and he had on the velour outfit and he had on the chain, and he had on the wave cap, and he was like, Yo, I'm Carlos Pooza. I talk slow. And he kind of went through this whole kind of like little thing imitating booze. <laughs> booze, tell me you remember that. It was because I'll never forget because oh you had to do the God. charge drill after that. And I just remember you sitting there because you were about two, 250 shaking your left leg, just staring at him. I thought you were about to put this man through the wall. <laughs> You are hey, listening. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? This is Carlos Boozer with us now, two-time NBA All-Star, Duke National Champion. What's going on, Boozer? You remember the time, Jay Summer? Vividly, vividly. So we go in the car gym. <laughs> uh, coach sits the whole squad down. We're all there chilling. This is after classes, before practice. And he basically goes, kind of goes down the line or whatever, but he picks on me and he's like, you know, Booze, everything you do, you do slow. You, you walk on campus slow. You chew your gum slow. Everything you do is slow. I said, he said, you walk, you, you walk around slow. I said, coach, I like to enjoy my, my walk. What am I in a rush for? <laughs> so that's the conversation we had. He goes, son, listen, you, you're one of the best players in high school. You're one of the best players in college. If you pick up your pace a little bit, we'll probably win a championship. So I picked up my pace, and we won a championship. There you go. <laughs> Bulls, when you made the decision to – go to Duke and you met Coach K, I guess, for the first time doing mm-hmm. a recruitment process. Outside of the money, what did you uh... – Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what what went into that decision to go play for, as Jay say, in our time, arguably the greatest coach in, bas- in college basketball history? What made you make that decision? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it was it – was, it came down to a couple things. First thing is every other school that had been recruiting me, which is seemed like everybody in the country at the time uh, was offering me something. Oh, really? you get this, and we'll, get, and we'll give you that, and you don't have to go to class, and you and you're going to start right away, and blah blah blah. And so I'd heard that from like ten, fifteen, sixteen different schools. Coach K came to my crib, flew all the way to Alaska, sat in my living room, my mom and dad, and me, my brothers and sisters, the whole nine, and told me, "Look, son, you know you're going to be playing with, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight other McDonald's All Americans." You know, if you want to start, you're going to have to earn in practice every day. You're going to have to go to class. You're going to have to, you have to get, get your education. You know, I'm not, I can't promise you anything other than we're going to challenge you. You know, you're going to get educated. You're going to, you're going to be a better individual. You're going, to, you're going to be in the fire every day in practice. And to me, that's the challenge I, I wanted. I wanted to challenge. I wanted to go against Shane Battier and Jay Will and Mike Dunleavy and Nate James and all these guys that they already had on campus and see where I stood out. And, uh, I mean, they were already number one team in the country. You know, they already had – Jay Will had already committed. 
Uh, Mike Dunleavy already recommitted. We had Shane coming back. We had Chris Carroll. We had Nate James, another McDonald's All-American. They had a squad already. And so, for me, it was the perfect fit. I had a coach that was the best coach in basketball challenging me, like, if you want this, you can earn it, but you have to earn it. It's not going to be given to you. And that's exactly what I wanted. Man, you said nine McDonald All-Americans on one team? Y'all was way over the luxury tax. <laughs> yeah, but Key, they, you know it's not the money because they're all offering the same money. The money's not going to be any different. No, I'm just mean. I'm money's going to be the same. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm just talking about I'm talking about for Jay way and, over the luxury tax. Jay and yeah, Booz and a max all that. Yeah, like, max. See, yeah, Booz and I were max contracts. Y'all so far over the salary cap. It's crazy. Well, and the no, money you know, was the same you know, everywhere, you talk, right? You know how you talk about Key and football, the, the cap transition. You just, you know, you elongate over a longer course of the year. You know, that's how you do it. That's why Jay stayed in school so long. <laughs> to spread out the cafe. Hey, hey, hey. Don't tell all the secrets now. Booze, let's talk, about, let's talk about a guy who has to face the criticism. A guy that will get challenged and how he handles the challenges will mean everything. What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons being a part of the Brooklyn Nets and how this whole thing worked out? Seeing what you've seen from Joel Embiid and James Harden over the past two games. Yeah, I mean, they look good. Joel and James got a great chemistry. You know, James is one of the most dynamic players that we have in the game. Joel's looking like an MVP. I think he's probably the lead candidate for that this year. They both, It's crazy how one of them seven two, the other one's 6'7", and they got the same moves. They can both do step-back threes. And, but um, Philly looks really good. My, my thing is, I don't know how he's going to be. The one thing we can always depend on with Ben Simmons is he's a great defensive player, right? He's always first, second team all defense. He's a great playmaker. He's 6'11", uh, does a great job in transition. He's extremely athletic. I think he can add that, but we haven't seen him all season, right? We, and the last time we did see him, everybody was booing him off the court. So I think you put him in that environment with Kyrie, put him in that environment with KD, put him in that environment with Steve Nash and his coaching staff, and we can see well, – I think we'll see an evolution of Ben Simmons. I've already seen highlights of him shooting with the, with the great shooter, Kyle Korver, working on his craft. So – I feel like it's the right environment for him as long as everybody's on the court practicing, spending quality time, getting that chemistry right for him to excel. We just haven't seen him play in a long time. But with those guys around him, I think he'll succeed. Carlos, you played with LeBron in Cleveland the first time around. What do you make Mm of LeBron's, I mean, comments at doing All-Star that, you know, he's not ruling out at some point in time in his career returning back to Cleveland? Well, I mean, he, listen, he's a, he's a proud, proud person from Ohio. Like, he born and raised there, brought them a championship. Uh, had, that's like a – the Cavs are like one of those dear – hold a dear place in his heart, right? And so, I don't, I, don't, I don't blame him for saying that. You know, he went to Miami, had a great thing down in South Beach with, with D. Wade after four years, four, four uh, finals appearances, two championships, left a phenomenal situation in South Beach to go back to Cleveland – to go home to you know fulfill the promise that he made to those, to those fans in that in that city, and he did that. Um, if, imagine imagine those Warriors battles if we would have saw D Wade, Bosh, and LeBron versus Steph, Clay, and Draymond. That would be the whole. It could be a whole different situation. But anyway, long story short, I feel like I feel like LeBron has a a super soft spot for Cleveland. I could see him retiring there at the very end of his career after he gets done playing with his son Bronny. Booz, you going down on Saturday for Coach K's final game? Brother, I'll be there Thursday night when you pulling up. I'm, I'm pulling up Saturday. I will see you there Saturday, brother. My man. All right, baby. That is Carlos Boozer, two-time NBA All-Star, Duke National Champion. 
And, that and was, overpaid Duke. Never mind. <laughs> it's man. I keep you saying know, it's not dudes, the money, Key. They all these dudes from USC, man. They like to talk about other people and what they're doing. Hey, man, <laughs> leave us alone. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're brought to you by Pylon. Weather looking nasty, don't change your plans. Change your wiper blades. Michelin wiper blades use advanced technology to hug your windshield to channel away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly and drive confidently. Upgrade to Michelin wiper blades at Walmart. Just want to make sure people get what they paid for. Got a whole, just... got a hold on with Max, man. This right. end of the show is gets to be What you want me to do about that? What I want to know, Key, is what was I supposed to do? Who has this prompter? Inve- it's not in- ready. Invent- Screw it. We'll do a live. Invent what it was the read? All right. It now, it now seems that Kyler Murray wants to remain Arizona's quarterback after, really? remember a couple of weeks ago, he scrubs any mention of social, off his social media. As long as the team, apparently, it, it comes down to just money. Huh. He wants a long-term contract extension. In a letter to the Arizona Cardinals from Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, that in part reads, actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. It's now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old already two-time Pro Bowl quarterback who led the organization from three wins to 11 wins in their first playoff appearance in five years, or rather, if they choose to financially prioritize committing to other areas and continuing to merely talk about addressing Kyler's long-term future as their QB. Unfortunately, every player, coach, and executive in the NFL knows or should know that words and hypothetical contractual promises are regularly dismissed and fleeting in this business. Key? Such legal jargon. Seems like they, they can't, like, they, they, like, for an agent to release this publicly, yeah. seems like they really feel like they're up against it. Like, these two sides are not moving toward each other. But that doesn't help the situation from a public standpoint that you, you are releasing. You're trying to negotiate through the public. That doesn't help your case. Because you've already alienated the public when you scrubbed your social media of all cardinal things. You already alienated the people that would have backed you. They're already mad at you. And then when the organization talks about the history of the injuries and missing games and things of that nature, now you got to go all the way back and try to figure it out by issuing this statement out, which now basically you're doubling down on when you scrubbed your Instagram and your social media and all the other stuff that you did. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'm just sitting back and chilling. Let Kyler Murray and them continue to do this. And all I got to do is say, well, we're trying to build a team. 
we'll get there. We're not there yet. We're not trying to put the, the cart before the horse, so to speak. We're not trying to do that. We want to look at free agency, look at the draft. We have plenty of time to get to Kyler Murray. <sighs> you guys know I'm a Kyler Murray fan. I've been pulling for the Red Sea before they had an epic collapse. Which year? Yeah, it, it, this has been an ongoing case for Cliff Kingsbury. We, you know, we, we actually made record of that on the show. But this ain't it, man. This, this is not from whose point of view? From Kyler Murray. Like, this is not. This is not what I would want my leader to be, or I want his representation to do. And when you hear things internally within the organization that question the leadership of Kyler Murray and some of the relationships he oh, has in the building point. and some of the players. It makes stuff like this think. If you were a player in this team, you're like, come on, man. Oh, that's a good point, Jay. You're like, saying. Kyler, do your thing. Handle that with the front right. office. Handle your business. And let's go get this money. But for you to have your agent position yourself like this to get ahead of the narrative, just go to work, man. This speaks to what was reported allegedly with Kyler Murray, I don't know, a couple weeks ago about the immaturity yeah, and things of that nature. If if whether or not your agent did it on his own or advise you to do it and be part of it, you have to be smart enough to not, you know what, man, never mind. We already got enough heat. Let's just keep That's, talking to him such a good, and figure it, it out. Okay, you, you get the microphone and you say something meaningful. You don't. But I'm not going to negotiate in the public. But I'm not, but I'm not anyway. even talking about negotiating. I'm talking about you being a leader of men, right? The way you lead will be your negotiation tactic on top of it. Yeah. So, like, my thing is when you, cop, when you take something from your agent and you post that from your player, from your own page, it's like a passive-aggressive way. Like, look, look what my agent so he like, took it So he took it from his agent and put it on his own social media. Is mm-hmm. that what I'm understanding? Because you have to help me with the social media stuff. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I'm getting this, you know, like, we're getting this as, as this is uh, – Developing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, as it's developing, I don't know if Where he posted from. it to his, okay, right. Yeah. Because when I looked get, for it, it's coming from him. It, yeah, but here's the thing, Jay. Posted, your overarching point, you correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be, and this is like a profound point, really. And this goes for you can apply this for different areas in life, right? Like that Jay Z line: "A wise man once told me, don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who." Exactly. Right. So, what you're saying seems to me to be. Whatever your message is, if you look at the actual content of your words, the fact that you're doing it publicly means with every word you utter, you're further damning yourself in exactly the same way that the rumors damned you, right? You're playing into the hands of those who would say that you're not a leader, that you're immature. All that. So the content doesn't even matter. No. No, so I'm in Arizona. If I if I if Kyler Murray picked up the phone, he called me. And he said, Key man, what should I do? Cause obviously, clearly I talk to a lot of players. I, you know, and I try to be a Obviously fake, from that you could hear it in the you you know exactly fake, what they sound a, like. A fake a fake advisory to them. I'd tell him, say, man, go find a diamond. Go find a diamond. Let's hit some balls. Let's hit some balls and let's put it out on the social media mm-hmm. that you just stand loose. Just stand loose. Fastball, pick Boom. up a drowner. Boom, hit a couple home runs. Jog around the bases. You know, you know. Just, get a comment from Billy Bean. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm staying. I'm staying. Just staying loose. That'll get the attention of the Arizona Cardinals. Because then they go sit there and go, "Damn, spring training is coming up." That'll get that attention. <laughs> or not. It's either no, coming up or I not. Prom- oh, or not. Yeah, yeah. But I promise you, if he did that, that'll get the Arizona Cardinals' attention. 
silence. Yeah. Just silence. Well, remember when this, when this stuff started to break, when he scrubbed the social media, we were all saying, here it comes. Kyler Murray is going to be playing some baseball because that is from a kind of more normal playbook in this situation. This is something that you're just, you're just lighting fire to a relationship. It feels like, um, so aside from all that, whatever the tactic he's using right now, do you think they should pay him? I, I think they should, Max, if they're moving forward with Cliff Kingsbury. If they're not moving forward with Cliff Kingsbury, because they're attached together, everybody, as much as y'all and everybody— they have the same agent, by the way. As, as much as y'all <laughs> like Kyler Murray and his ability, everybody in the National Football League that are head coaches and offensive coordinators don't like— his ability and his size. Okay, they just don't. Factual. So if you're keeping Cliff Kingsbury, then you should sign Kyler Murray. But if you have reservations on Cliff Kingsbury, whose offense, who drafted him, all of those sort of things, because they lock and step, then Jay, you might not want to sign him long term. Mm, depending upon And you what, just yeah. wasted two number one picks in the last six years or it would be, yeah, it would be six Jay, years. Jay, you've seen this dude in studio when he doesn't even know people are watching him, right? I'll watch you watch a clip of Kyler Murray, given the quarterbacks you played with especially. Uh, yeah. and, it, and you're going like this. The look on your face is like, oh, it's beautiful. It's like a handoff. That's arm talent, Key. Yeah, he got arm talent, but that arm talent doesn't transfer to every system. You've you got to understand. Why not? Arm I, talent doesn't, should, be, should transfer. The air raid, all shotgun, principles, other coaches may not like. But isn't... He Accuracy fit, and strength. He might fit in. He might fit in Cleveland, for instance, because uh-huh. they are, they play a lot of gun stuff. But is he going to fit underneath the center in New England? If Baker can work to an extent in Cleveland, could you imagine what Kyler oh. could do? I mean, look, I, I think you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have. You're going to have him. to pay him. They're just waiting to the last second in case there's an injury, and they want their money now. On the other hand, in case there's an injury, that's why they're in an impasse. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. We're back tomorrow. 6 a.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.